Hello Techies, this is Nigalina Betty, aka Catwoman from Tech Valor, and welcome to my live stream. So I almost didn't make it in time because uh, my daughter was getting tested for her yellow belt. Spoiler alert, she passed. <laughs> and she let me take um, videos and pictures and she said I'm okay to share it on the stream, so I'll make sure to do that um, today. Just to show you some pictures and quality with the uh, Pixel 7 Pro. Um, but first, let me go ahead and welcome Edward, Edward Smart. Welcome to the live stream. Hello, hello. So I've had the Pixel 7 Pro and the Pixel Watch now for, um, for about 48 hours. And I've been having some, you know, experiences with it. And I just wanted to share that with you guys. Um, so first, I'm going to share um some pictures that i took with the pixel 7 pro and before that actually i just wanted it to say that i did have it overheat on me once and that's because i was doing a lot of things so before i went into the dojo and started taking pictures i was uh you know rehearsing some articles i was on youtube things like that and then I decided that it was time to take pictures. So the phone was already hot when I started to take pictures and videos. So I had to uh, just, you know, turn off the screen of the phone for a while. Um, I think it was probably like 15 minutes. Then it cooled all the way down and then I was ready to go. So that's just something that I just wanted to be transparent about as far as overheating issue um, with the camera. Hello, Jojo the Techie, welcome. Yes, Edward, there was uh, some overheating issue. And I, I know that I'm not the only one either. So, you know, um, just wanted to be transparent about that. Hello, BG Tech Life. Hey, welcome to the live stream. Um, also, I wanted to share that I did get it from um, Google themselves. I'm part of Team Pixel. So this was a gift from Google. So they gave me the uh, snow, which is the white colored one. There it is. This is what it looks like. I love it a lot. It was my second choice. My first choice was Hazel, um, but I'm happy that I got one either way. So yeah, I got my second choice. And they also sent over the Pixel Watch. So that's, I'm wearing it right now. All right, I'll go ahead and share my screen. So the first picture that we have here is from last night. Uh, there was an orchestra playing, uh, well, not orchestra, orchestra, it was students that did a, an orchestra last night and it was pitch dark except for the stage. But when I took a picture with night sight, it looks like it's well illuminated. Um, and then I also took a picture at five times zoom and it looks really good. Like it just captures the details of the people and I was just, really, really impressed with the five times zoom when I took that picture. Next is a picture of the dojo, which is a well-lit area. Um, so this is one time zoom, the kids are stretching. And then I did a five time zoom to my daughter, which is the next picture. It's still stretching. There she is right there. And um, these were under good conditions. So then the next picture here is everyone taking a picture together who got their yellow belts. 
Uh, my daughter is all the way off to the to the left here. And then I also took some video as well. So this is video at one time zoom of the um, of the orchestra playing. And then I went up to two time zoom. And you could tell that it's not like really blowing out a lot of people. And then when it gets to five time zoom, it looks really, really good. My only critique though, is that when it goes from either one to five time zoom, or when it goes to um, uh, two to five time zoom, it kind of jitters and it's it's kind of annoying. It's not as smooth as when you go from one to two. So at, at the beginning of this video, let me just start it over. I had it at point five time zoom. So this was the ultra wide and everything looks really blown out. And when I noticed that other people's uh, viewfinders, that's how it looked like when it got to one time zoom, um, some people are blown out, but not completely. And it still looks really, really good. And then um, I zoom in again to two time zoom. So um, this is not two time zoom yet because it had that little slider and it was kind of annoying um, because I wanted to go directly to two time zoom, but I finally got it to two time zoom. And then um, I did it again to five time zoom and it just looked really, really good. So this was yesterday, last night. Uh, again, it was not great conditions. This is nighttime um, inside of a theater. And this is mostly when you're gonna want to do these types of videos, right? Capture moments of your family members doing things. And, um, and, and this is like real world scenario. So, this is that five time zoom and it just it really did really, really great. Um, sorry, that was my daughter. She was asking me where her phone was, but I don't know where it is. Um, so again, this is one time zoom and this is in the dojo and as you can tell back there my daughter's getting her butt kicked a little bit by the instructor uh with these jabbing motions or is it jabbing i don't know what the technical terms is for the, for this but yeah um and then i'll just go over actually no you can see this guy getting his butt kicked a little too <laughs> And this is all at 4K 60 frames per second. So that's how I've been recording. So this one is technique. And this is my daughter all the way here in the corner. So I just zoom into her. This is, I think, two time zoom. Yeah, this is that two time zoom. And I'm just focusing in on her. But there's two children in front of her, so I can't get her all the way. But as you can tell, they're doing techniques. Okay, this is five time zoom now. So I went to five time zoom and it looks kind of a little bit blurry, a little, very, very noisy and grainy. Um, so I went back to, to one time zoom. So I just noticed that while, while I was recording.
And right now they're just, you know, talking about the different types of positions. Let me just forward it a little bit more so you guys can see a little bit more action. They're just learning the different types of stance. And it's funny, when I was actually watching them do this, it reminded me of um, The Last Avatar or The Legend of Korra. And um, it just brought me back to that and how the fighting was where they used uh, different types of karate. So yeah. And let me just forward it a little bit so you guys can see. Oh, okay, there they are. Doing the different types of power stances. And this is all they had to learn it from memory. And it's part of the test. And it, this one, I believe, is a 27-point move when they announced it. And so, like, remembering all of those different positions. It's kind of like choreography. Um, so, yeah, this is pretty cool. All right, so this is Helena breaking the board, and it was not a thin board. It's, if you can see right here, it's a pretty thick board, right? And so they said, you know, measure twice. So she measured twice, has her power stance, and then she goes right through. There you go. I was so happy for her. She did a great job. When they were asking, you know, kind of like the technical terms, like, what, what do you do when this happens? Or what do you do when that happens? She was very knowledgeable and she received a lot of praise from her senseis because she knew she remembered a lot of the technical terms so i'll go ahead and stop sharing my screen those are all the things that um i wanted to show you guys uh when it came with the um pixel 7 pro's camera uh, let me just see what you guys have to say in the chat Hello, Easy Computer Solutions. Welcome. I saw your video today on the overheating issue. I did also have an overheating issue today as well. Um, but it did come to pass and I was able to get the, the memories that I needed. Hello, Gadget Goddess. Welcome. Hello, Johan. Welcome. Hey, Ray Johnson. Welcome. Uh, BG Tech Life says, keep recording them and post it. I'm going to use it for practice. <laughs> You're going to try to do the karate moves? That's funny. Yeah, go ahead. Go to the car and check. Yeah, she's going to go see if she left her phone in the car. Edward said, probably takes a lot of concentration of breaking that board. Yeah, one of the things that they said about breaking the board is that your goal is not to hit the board, it's to hit the floor. So basically that was the concentration. You got to concentrate and make sure that you you hit the board and you break through. And they also said too like you'll be sparring with the person that you're going to be that you're going to be breaking the board on top of. And one of the things they're going to remember is if you slipped up and hurt and hurt their leg. <laughs> so I just found that kind of funny. Um, so my experiences with the Pixel Watch, so it um, 
uh, ha I had it yesterday um, and I used it for 24 hours before I had to charge it. It got down to 15% and then it took an hour and 10 minutes to charge from the from 15% to 100%. So that's how long it took to charge. And then um, I did talk using the talk feature with it. Um, and the calls do come in clear. It's loud enough for me to understand it. And then also um, with the watch, it, it was clear for my husband to hear me on the other line. Um, but there was a problem while I was driving where he was only hearing every other word. And I don't know if that was a connectivity issue or if it was the watch. So it kind of had to cut our conversation short. But when I am home, I didn't have that issue. That issue only happened while I was driving. So that was just one thing that I wanted to, to talk about. Yep. So I'll go ahead and also just take off the watch and show it to you guys. Watch. I love it. I like it a lot. I, I I like it a lot more than I thought that I was going to. I thought that because it was kind of small that it was going to be kind of like not really good on my wrist, but it's actually just big enough. And this is me coming from the Gear S3. That was the last watch that I used. And um, I think actually this is like um, a perfect fit for me. So, yeah. Now, I do also have some articles to share. So um, let me go ahead and pull that up. Jojo the Techie says, I like how the watch matches the phone. Yes. And congratulations on your Hazel. I know that was your first choice. So congratulations to that. Hello, Tech for Your Needs. Welcome. Hello, Clifton Ubre. Welcome. So I'll go ahead and share this article. Um, so this is from Google. It's called Project Starline. Feels like you're there together. And there's like a, a screenshot of it. it. Says people love being together to share, collaborate, and connect. And this past year, with limited travel and increased remote work, being together has never felt more important. Connect. Uh, sorry. Through the years, we've built products to help people feel more connected. We've simplified email with Gmail and made it easier to share what matters with Google Photos and be more productive with Google Meet. But while there have been advances in these and other communication tools over the years, they're a far cry from actually sitting down and talking face to face. We looked at this as an important and unsolvable problem. We asked ourselves, could we use technology to create the feeling of being together with someone just like they're actually there? To solve this challenge, we've been working for a few years on Project Starline. 
a technology project that combines advances in hardware and software to enable friends, families, and coworkers to feel together, even when their cities or countries apart. Imagine looking through a sort of magic window, and through that window you see another person, life-size, and their three dimensions. You can talk naturally, gesture, and make eye contact. So here it shows a gif of two women, um, their sisters actually, and one of them is holding up their baby to show their, their uh, sister. Uh, next gif here, we have um, a, a, mother and, a mother and son, and they're talking. Next gift here, we have a uh, mother and son talking as well. And they're talking a sign language in the starlight. And then lastly, we have two friends talking to each other as well in the Starline project. So to make this experience possible, we are applying research in computer vision, machine learning, spatial audio, real-time compression. We've also developed a breakthrough light field display system that creates a sense of volume and depth that can be experienced without the need for additional glasses or headsets. The effect of this feeling of a person sitting just across from you like they are right there. And so then it shows kind of like an animation here of how the 3D imaging does it live and how it uses colors to, you know, basically create like a real tone type situation and it looks kind of like 3d so when you're looking at it it feels like they're actually there but you know we know that they're actually not there uh, one of the things we're most proud of is that as soon as you sit down and start talking the technology fades into the background and you can focus on what's most important the person in front of you project starline is currently available in just a few of our offices and it relies on custom-built hardware and highly specialized equipment. We believe this is where person-to-person -person communication technology can and should go. And in time, our goal to make this technology more affordable and accessible, including bringing some of these technology, technological advancements into our suite of communication products. And, and then it shows an image of a person using the Starline. And it looks like a, like a more business type of conversation more than um, a casual one. To start that journey, we've spent thousands of hours testing Project Starline within Google as we connected colleagues between the Bay Area, New York, and Seattle. We've also been conducting demos with select enterprise partners in areas like healthcare and media to get early feedback on the technology and its applications. We're planning trial deployments with enterprise partners later this year. We're really excited about this progress we're making with the Project Starline and the technology's potential to solve the important problem of wanting to be together with someone even when you physically can't. We look forward to sharing more later on this year. And this article is actually from 2021. Uh, let me see, specifically, May 18, 2021. Um, and there is actually an update this week, which I'll share. But I also wanted to say that there is a YouTube video, which I put the link in the description and the show notes 
so that you can check out the video because it goes more in depth and it's really, really cool and just shows you how it works. So in the next article, this is from October 11, 2022, and there's an update. It says, today we're expanding our efforts through early access program with enterprise partners such as Salesforce, WeWork, T-Mobile, and Hackensack Meridian Health. Starting this year, we'll begin installing prototypes in select partner office for regular testing. And I kind of always thought that they would do this for uh, commercial, uh, commercial types of places first because it is such an expensive equipment. It's not something that you could just casually have in your house. So they're starting to do this now commercially. And it's great because now people can have like boardroom meetings this way, um, have one-on-one, you know, portfolio conversations. And it feels like the person is actually right there. And you're able to capture more of their, you know, facial features and it feels more, um, more real basically. And so it shows a picture here of, um, you know, two people talking and this seems more like a coworker to coworker talking. And then um, in the next image, this person is actually showing a presentation to another one. So it looks like actually two executive peoples are having conversation and doing a presentation. Um, Next, it shows a person, two people that looks like coworkers and they do pottery. So they're showing off the project. And then this one is another commercial type of work, but I can't really point out, like, you know, determine what type of conversation this is. But yeah, these are all just commercial examples, which is what they're doing right now. So it says, it goes on to say, in today's digital first world, companies need to provide the technology and tools to help employees be more productive and work and effective at work. Andy White, SVP of Business Technology at Salesforce, tells us, At Salesforce, we're constantly exploring new ways to deliver incredible experiences to our employees and customers around the world. Project Starline has the potential to dive deeper connections between people by bridging in-person and virtual experiences. As we build the future hybrid work together, to work together with our enterprise partners, we look forward to seeing how Project Starline can help employees form strong ties with one another. Doctors form meaningful bonds with their patients and salespeople make deeper connections with their clients and customers. Whether you're presenting to a colleague or just sitting down for a coffee chat, we want the Project Starline experience to feel natural as if the person is sitting in the same room as you. More broadly, we are eager to enable uh, force work, sorry, workforces to feel energized and productive when collaborating from afar. We look forward to sharing more about what we learned from our early access program next year. So yeah, this is pretty cool. Um, what do you guys think about this? I know that if, like, let's say it was a... a a business to business type of situation 
it would have to be a really like solid connection because to have an expensive equipment, for example, let's say one in New York and one in Seattle in order to have conversations about a business to business, that would be, you know, a really, that again, would have to be a really strong connection. I wonder how T-Mobile is going to use it. I wonder if they're going to use it for the public or if it's just only going to be for their offices to have um, conversations with colleagues with each other. Um, now, as far as um, Hackensack Meridian Health, I wonder how they're going to use it uh, with doctors and patients, like they said in this um, in this article. Yeah, I just think this is a really cool feat in technology, and I just wanted to share that with you guys. So let's see what you guys have to say in the chat about this. Hello, hello, you boy, welcome. Hello, good evening, Spectacular Gadgets. So Michael um, Cochran said, I've been trying to avoid Pixel 7 content so I don't talk myself into buying another phone. I don't need another phone. It's tempting. Google is paying 245 for a Pixel 3 trade-in. I paid 75 Hmm, okay. Well, in that case, it might be a good deal for you to get it because when will you get so much money for a Pixel 3 again? That's just something to think about. But if you really, really don't need another phone, then just hold on to it. You could just keep it as a loaner, not as a loaner, but in case of an emergency or something like that, you'll have your, your Pixel 3 if there isn't any problems with it. Eric Drummond said, yes, sir. Catwoman get all the new Pixel gear in-house, meaning the coverage I've been waiting for is just around the corner. How you doing, ma'am? I'm late. I'm late. I'm probably late. Let me be quiet. <laughs> no, you're good, Eric. It's great. And get a seat back, y'all. Hey, y'all. Um, yeah, so I haven't put out a video yet on the um pixel content i am going to most likely tomorrow because i'll be done editing i've just been really meticulous this time around with everything that i've been trying to cover just trying to make sure that uh, i'm really knowledgeable and providing the different types of content somebody would look for so i've been kind of slow going you know i've had it since wednesday but hopefully my video will be coming out tomorrow Good evening, Big Mosley. Feeling well. Thank you so much. Eric Drummond said, that's what I was thinking. It could be a very compelling Zoom competitor. Yeah, it, it's, it would be a Zoom competitor, but it's going to be an expensive one. So hopefully as time goes by, the parts and everything will get cheaper and you won't need such a large footprint in order to do this, but I'm excited for this type of technology to become, um, you know, available for the public or to be purchasable or something like that. I think that's going to be really, really great. But in the meantime, the fact that they're testing this out commercially and they haven't stopped is a good sign because with Google, we know that they tend to shut down a lot of their projects. So yeah.
All right, let's move on to the next um, article here. It says Apple AR VR headset includes iris scanning biometrics to switch user accounts and authenticate payments. Apple's mixed reality headset is set to feature an iris scanning biometric feature, enabling capabilities similar to Face ID, biometrics system, and found in modem, iPhones, and iPads. According to a report from the information, Iris ID would allow the user to authenticate payments without entering a password and would enable seamless user switching. Apple's augmented reality and virtual reality capable device has been in the works inside the company for many years and finally expected to be unveiled to the public sometime in 2023. By taking advantage of integrated iris biometric sensors, the Apple headset would reportedly be able to detect who is wearing it by scanning their eyes as it's being put on, automatically log into the correct user account. The iris scanning technology will use the same cameras that will enable fovit rendering. This is a trick where the headset will continuously track where the user is looking to optimize performance. Areas of the scene outside of the user's focus will be dynamically rendered in low resolution. This should not be noticeable to the human using the product though, as the area which they are directly looking at will be in sharp focus and highest quality. Today's information report says Apple's headset will look quite different to uh, the just announced Meta Quest Pro in regards to physical design. The Quest Pros looks like a plastic visor, but the Apple headset will supposedly use mesh fabric, aluminum, and glass, making for more of a premium appearance. The information says Apple's headset will be will be significantly lighter than the Meta Need Facebook product. If a user needs glasses, Apple's headset will also allow prescription lenses to be magnetically attached inside of the headset. Apple's first headset product is expected to be aimed at the high-end market, featuring super high resolution displays, one for each eye, as well as an outward facing display that shows the facial expressions of the user wearing the headset. The headset reportedly packs in as many as a dozen cameras and will be powered by a chip similar to the M the M2 chip um, found in the latest generation MacBook Air. But all the features will come at a price. The rumor cost for the Apple headset is in the $2,000 to $3,000 range. In contrast to the MetaQuest Pro was announced this week at the price of $1,500. CEO Mark Zuckerberg has suggested they are just about breaking even on every unit sold. So are you guys thinking about buying this uh, Apple AR VR headset? Um, I have the Quest. I don't use it. My daughters use it, but I, you know, the especially the the price being between two to three thousand dollars, 
that is not something that I would want to purchase. Um, also, thinking about using the Iris technology and the fact that it'll create an account for each person that uses the visor. Um, I kind of don't like that idea, not because of the Iris technology, but let's say you have a friend that wants to use it for a little bit. Now you have to create an account just for that person. It's going to be tedious. Um, that's just my thinking anyways. Um, for example, my daughters, they had like a get together. They had their friends over. They were using the quest and they each took turns uh, playing uh, Five Nights at Freddy's and they didn't have each and every one of them didn't have their own account we were just going off of one account right so that's just my thinking of it but i, I guess for something that's two to three thousand dollars you probably wouldn't want to share it with someone else mm. yeah there's a lot to think about here Hello, Perspecting Gaming. Welcome. Charles said, Apple said, forget you broke folks. <laughs> yeah, basically. That's really expensive. Uh, Barry Johnson said, not for me. Not really into AR, VR. Edward, Edward Smart said, no. Um, Perspective Gaming said, wow, that's not for me. Over my pay grade, LOL. Yeah, same here. Yeah, so we're all kind of thinking the same thing. Charles said, as the great Barry Johnson says, Apple is about them dollars. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, Clifton said, the price is too high. Not into that. Just couldn't see me personally using something like that enough to justify the cost. Yeah. So I guess we're all kind of in a consensus of uh, no, thank you. This is too expensive and not really into this type of stuff to begin with. Let me just get a sip in. All right, next article. Um, Sony releases its first over-the-counter hearing aids. They start at $1,000 and combine premium technology, easy of use and comfort, Sony said. So this is what they look like. There's a picture um, of two different kinds that they have. So there's a picture of two different kinds that they have. It doesn't list, it doesn't say at the bottom of each picture which one it is, but when you do search for it you'll see which one you'll see which one is which so the article says earlier this summer the u.s fda greenlit the sale of over-the-counter hearing aids and now we're seeing some from the largest audio companies in the world sony has announced their availability of the first over-the-counter hearing aids the one thousand dollar cre dash C10 and the 1300 CRE-E10 built in partnership with WS Audiology. The devices are built for daily use for those with mild to moderate hearing loss. 
They're controlled via Sony's hearing control app that guides users through setup and allows them to personalize settings like volume control. It also allows a self-fit that adjusts to appropriate predefined hearing profiles based on thousands of actual real-life audiogram results, Sony said. The CRE-C10 model offers a battery life of up to 70 hours of continuous use. Sony says they're one of the smallest over-the-counter hearing aids on the market, offering a discreet design that's virtually invisible when worn and exceptional sound quality. It goes on sale this month for $1,000 at Amazon, Best Buy, and Select Hearing Care Professionals. Meanwhile, CRE E10 has more of a earbud-like design powered by rechargeable batteries with up to 26 hours of life between charges. It's Bluetooth compatible as well, so users can connect to devices and listen to streamlined audio music. Though only on iOS, Sony says those will go on sale for $1,300 sometime this winter at Sony's website. Last year, Bose and Lexi unveiled their own over-the-counter hearing aids with the sound control lineup and launched the first B1 model for $900 a couple of days ago. Companies like Jabra have also leaped in and last year Sennheiser sold its consumer audio business to the hearing aid specialist Sonova. While the prices are still not what you'd call cheap, they're far less than prescription hearing aids that can run a thousand to four thousand per ear, according to consumer reports. So yeah, Sony, you know, put themselves in the race to you know, as one of the competitors to provide over the ear headphones. Um, I mean, I didn't know that for one ear, it can be up to $4,000 for one hearing aid. Um, so it's good that they are providing over the counter ones. Um, if I had to say which one's better just because of battery life, I would say the CRE C10. Uh, has 70 hours of continuous use so that one would be better but I'm surprised that that one is a thousand dollars and not the thousand three hundred and the one that only has 26 hours is a thousand three hundred I was kind of confused by that but you know this is what the report is saying so yeah um, I, I wish they showed a picture of what it looked like on the ear not just in someone's hands so to see how really discreet it is, especially since the image of the one that I'm seeing here has a little antenna. And though the antenna is clear, I don't know how that could be discreet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's see what you guys have to say in the chat. Okay, so Johan said, hell no nah to the no, no, no. I think that's because of the last article talking about uh, no Apple AR VR. Hello, Jeff Hales. Welcome to the chat. Many blessings to you. Appreciate you coming on. I guess there really isn't a lot to be said about this. I guess the only, only time will tell, you know, I wonder if 
insurance will also pay for these over-the-counter headphones and it would save the con the consumer money as well but i mean 4000 i mean up to $4000 per year that's just really expensive yep all right on to our next article so signal to remove sms and mms support from android app so third party messaging applicant application Signal is set to remove the ability to send SMS and MMS messages from the Android application to enhance privacy and security. In a blog post, the messaging firm has confirmed that Signal will soon remove the ability to send SMS and MMS messaging from the Android app. The statement suggests that SMS support no longer makes sense, but the reason for the decision have been fully detailed throughout the extensive post. Quote, in order to enable a more streamlined signal experience, we are starting to phase out SMS support from the Android app. You will have several months to transition away from SMS and signal to export your SMS messages to another app and to let the people you talk to know that they might want to switch to signal or find another channel if not, end quote. A majority of reasons for the removal of SMS support is the insecure nature of the protocol. Signal states that this is inconsistent with its values and what users come to expect of the platform. Telecom data breaches are also cited as another reason that the change is coming, despite the likely uh, complications for users. The complications fusing SMS and native signal messages appear to be another reason for the removal. In select regions, conf uh, confusion means that some users may incorrectly send high-cost SMS messages rather than native comms to contacts. By removing it, no longer, there's no longer any confusion. This is true for many other messaging apps like Telegram and WhatsApp, which do not have SMS or MMS function. Instead, multimedia and text contact is sent through a native app protocols. Sadly, this does mean that you will no longer be able to use Signal as your default messaging application for your Android smartphone once SMS support is fully removed in the coming months. Because of that, it is suggested that, that you transition to a new default application on the, your device. You may want to disable this function now and can check by heading to Signal, Account, Select Chats, SMS, MMS. If SMS is enabled, you may need to export it to another app. Luckily, Signal will start to send out notification prompts to switch for anyone using the messenger over the coming weeks. So yeah, um, you know, it's kind of sad that, that that's happening just because people liked to be able to have that end-to-end -end encryption with SMS, but they really were the only ones that were doing that and it's their prerogative to get rid of it. Just wanted to share that with you guys in, in case you do have it as your default SMS a messaging app just to be able to turn that off now and to use another app so yeah just wanted to share that with you guys
All right. And our last article, Twitter is working on an official don't at me feature. <laughs> A test of the feature lets you allow mentions from anyone, only people you follow or nobody at all. Twitter is working on a feature that lets you control who can mention you with the test version discovered by app researcher and engineer Jane Machung Wong, letting you block mentions completely. Twitter's privacy designer Dominic Kamalzi confirmed that the feature is in the works and it now deleted tweet and solicited feedback on it from the community. Letting Twitter users limit who can add them would be pretty fundamental shift in how the platform works, making it so you may not be able to reach out across platform to a stranger or say hi or point something out to them. Of course, it could also prevent bullying or harassment campaigns and give marginalized users another tool to protect themselves. And then there's an example image here of the tweet and what it looks like um to turn off mentions the screenshot posted by wong shows controls that lets you make it so anyone can mention you which is how twitter currently works by default limit mentions to just the people you follow or turn them off entirely this wouldn't be the first time twitter's letting users narrow down the list of people who can interact with them on the platform in 2020, it launched a feature that lets you limit to who can reply to a tweet to just the people you follow or people you mention in a tweet. And its recent Twitter circle features lets you make it so only a select group of people can see certain tweets. Um, so my feeling about this is yeah this this is this is kind of weird because the at symbol is to be able to connect with people i guess maybe if like let's say you're going through some kind of drama and people are adding you too much you can turn that off temporarily and then turn it back on when the drama is over but also in a way that's kind of just skirting responsibility and being able to know what true sentiments are. I don't know. I, I personally don't like this feature just because I think that there needs to be transparency with people's tweets and being able to add someone is part of that transparency. I wonder what, how you guys feel about it. That's just my sentiment. Johan says, sorry, Johan says, I don't mind this add-on. I would love to know your, um, your take on it and why you don't mind this add-on. Jojo the Techie says, when they have Twitter, if you don't want people to at you, exactly, says, then why have Twitter if you don't want people to at you? That, yeah, exactly. That doesn't make sense. Like, don't you want to have connections unless... You know, this is kind of like a king of the hill type situation where you're kind of untouchable or on your high horse. And yeah, I just feel like it's counterintuitive. Oh, Jefe, hey, welcome. He said exactly, Jojo. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Uh, Johan says, I see what you mean there. Yeah, uh, you know, I know that with my points, maybe you're kind of agreeing with it, but I'd also would like to know your point of view as to how probably you would use the type of feature. Okay, let's see, you said more here. Uh, Johan continued and said, it's more of what you explained. Sometimes there's drama going on and you'll get all these ads or you just have some random person that keeps commenting to you and you don't want to talk to the, to him. Like just have a break from Twitter. Probably. I think it's kind of like what you're meaning. So you're like, like I said, you're thinking about it more as like a temporary thing versus never being able to be added at. Okay. I can see it. I, I can understand. Johan said, yeah, you can block those individuals, but the same at the same time, being able to stop the app to certain people, especially when it comes to corporations, I could see how that'd be a, a little bit helpful. Johan said, yeah, de no, definitely temporary. Okay. All right, cool. Yep. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that, Johan. It's always good to have somebody else's perspective on things like that. Johan also said Google speech detect that doesn't work. <laughs> I feel you. Yeah. Um, so these are all the articles that I had for today. Um, I hope that you found them, you know, kind of useful and stuff like that. Um, I do have about 10 more minutes. If you have any questions for me about the Pixel 7 Pro or the Pixel, um, watch you can ask me right now and as always you don't gotta go home but you can't stay here you know when this is over um definitely head on over to holla at your boy he's gonna be having a live stream uh in 10 minutes after i'm done with mine um and y'all will have a good old time Hey, hey. Edward said, I like your random cat facts. Yeah, that's my bot. Um, Nightbot, he, he puts out random cat facts, I think every 15 minutes or something like that. Um, it, he it grabs it from another bot as well, his random cat facts. I'm glad that you're entertained by them. How that you boy says, appreciate you, madam. Yeah, appreciate you too. Johan put the clapping emojis. <laughs> El Jefe says, I gotta get my paws and sir, all warmed up for the stream. Yes, you're gonna be using that a lot over at Holla Your Voice stream. Yep, so I went ahead and shared the link so y'all can head on over there after this. So I'll go ahead and end it now since it doesn't look like you guys have any questions. Again, I do appreciate you guys, you know, chilling with me and uh, checking out what I have to say today and sharing my 
uh, pictures and videos with the uh, Pixel 7 Pro. And I'll catch you guys next Friday. You guys have a wonderful day. Bye. Tech Valor. Tech Valor.